The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from The Other Side of Midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references headed through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Welcome. My name is Timothy Saunders. I am one of your trio of co-hosts on this 58th edition of The Other Side of the News. I'm speaking to you this early morning from a partially locked down southwest Turkey, which for many of you may be situated on the other side of the planet. As the dawn chorus begins to warm up here, Hopefully, many of you are relaxing into your evening, eager to hear some fascinating insights from our latest guest. I will soon be joined by co-host and producer Kintia, together with co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, who are speaking this evening from the infamous wheelhouse near San Francisco. This show is entitled, Watch the Water. As life is relatively short, I'd like to come directly to the point. This week, I would want to address the issue of what frequency we adopt through the early experience we call life. From the observations and experience, it seems each of us emerge on this planet from a beautiful bubble of innocence we call the womb. Most of us are fortunate enough to enjoy this level of care and protection from birth through childhood and the positive programs we adopt hopefully carry us through adulthood ideally navigate us to a point where we may continue the cycle. There are unfortunately many of us in society who do not inherit such an easy ride and unfortunately pay anything from moderate to heavy prices along their journey to maturity. And there are some who fall victim or simply don't make it. The way most of us survive is to quickly learn and become vigilant to discern the signal from the noise and to focus on what is paramount rather than distractive. It is so unbelievably boring to focus once again on this COVID conspiracy. However, there is so much evidence accumulated now that it is next to impossible to justify any form of harmful mask wearing, useless lockdown measures or experimental mRNA jab that it is a wonder how anyone can still believe the alleged COVID-19 pandemic is still a potential threat. But then to reiterate my point earlier, it may all depend on what frequency you may be tuned into, which may be an indicator 
to what you have been exposed to during earlier years. Keith, please play sound excerpt A. We need everyone to get vaccinated. So we know we have to make it convenient. We know we have to make it easy. We know we need the opportunities for people to speak to their trusted community voices, doctors, et cetera. We're doing all that. But we also know that uh, incentives help. They really do. And so we've been announcing free tickets, gift cards, all sorts of incentives to encourage people. A lot of people are ready to get vaccinated. They just haven't gotten around to it. They need a little extra incentive. We're doing that now. And we are going to have a live correspondent this morning talk about this. And from a site that means a lot to all of us as New Yorkers, because one thing I think that does unite New Yorkers is a love of Shake Shack. So live from the original Shake Shack location in Madison Square Park, the CEO of Shake Shack, and he is generously joining into this incentive effort, and I welcome him. My pleasure to introduce CEO Randy Garudi. Welcome, Randy. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, New Yorkers. I'm Randy Garudi, the CEO of Shake Shack, and we are here live in Madison Square Park at the original shack. 20 years ago, this shack was born as a humble New York City hot dog cart to raise a little money for this park. And even today, all of our rent goes directly to paying for this park's beautification. Uh, we were born and raised in this city. We are proudly headquartered here in New York, and we are a New York company. And this year, we've been working hard to take care of our team, and we've been, our team has been working hard to take care of the recovery of this city and our communities. We've got one more we want to add for you, uh, New York. You know, these incredible mobile vaccine buses that are serving some of our most underserved communities here in New York. When you get your vaccine over well, this next few days, we're going to get you with a free Shackburger card every time you get your vaccine. Even better than that, our 25 shacks around New York City. Anytime you go for the next month, you're there grabbing your burger, your chicken sandwich, show us your vaccine card. We'll get you a free fries on us to say thank you. We are so excited. We love this city. We live here too. And we're going to get back. Get your vax, get your shack, and let's gather up as a community again. Um, the Shake Shack team is here for you in New York. We'll see you soon all around New York City and shack. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you to the whole Shake Shack team. This is really going to help us out. And did you say free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? These delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? Let me, let me check with Bill Needhart. Is it too early in the day to eat a burger? Not, this can be breakfast? Okay. I want you to look at this and think about, again, some people love hamburgers, some don't really want to respect all ways of life. But if this is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mmm. Vaccination. Mmm. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. Thank you to Randy Garudi. And, of course, Danny Meyer is doing so much to help us with the recovery and the entire team. I've got to finish chewing for a moment. I think that would be more dignified, don't you think? That was the voice of the, well, 
rocking fetard, alleged mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio. Sorry, what a loser. Enticing you to take part in an experimental injection that is caused by official stats, a trail of more damage and death than the alleged virus itself. Does he assume the people who elected him are complete morons? Of contraire, the New Yorkers I have met, I know, are smart and dynamic individuals. Does the mayor really believe the free fries and potential bonus burger are sufficient bounty to distract the average person from the very real threat of being injected with this emergency authorized DNA-changing experimental jab, where the only real immunity lies with the originators who are totally immune from reprisal from any damages and or lawsuits. As this shit show has been dubbed a vaccine, which thanks to a bill President Reagan signed means nobody is accountable for the damage. Seriously, who is gullible enough to be distracted by free fries and a burger? I'm just absolutely speechless. Or is the alleged sponsor rewarding the mayor sufficiently well armed with dirt, a la Epstein, to public humiliate and further cheapen himself to eat fries during live broadcast? In my opinion, no money could pay for this level of manipulation. Unless, of course, the mayor is that dumb that his love of money and fame surmounts his ability to judge his level of self-shame. Or is he an exclusive member of the New York Sex Lies and Videotape Club, where he dare not fear for the minority's suggested narrative? One of the most surprising points to be found on the horizon of our current reality is the apparent level of ineptitude deeply installed in great swaths of humanity. Why I do not judge or blame, I'm very aware large groups of our civilization may appear normal during expected range of function, but can, during times of tyranny, like right now, be oblivious and even act in the interest of the minority. We have seen this effect repeated numerous times in history. One example is how innocent Germans, of course, have been and ultimately acted in the interest of the Nazi party. There are many such parallels. Even today, we see a very biased view of life in the Middle East by mainstream media, of life in Israel and Palestine. It was not so many days ago Israel was shown as the model nation in terms of the experimental mRNA, mRNA modification and vax passport. And for the past week or so since, the region is now the center of carnage due to an apparent unfair conflict between Israel and Palestine. This street warfare has been going on almost as long as Israel was given the green flag to colonize the state of Palestine. Israelis have been programmed, they have the right to take back their land according to a biblical origin deciphered by the Allies regarding, regardless of family, culture, religion, or heritage drawn up following the end of the Second World War. Keith, please play sound exit B. 
you know, what we need to do is replace all of our governments, I think, with people of integrity, because we certainly don't have that at the moment. Like I said, every government in the world is supporting this fake COVID pandemic. Any government that is supporting this and saying COVID is real and we need to lock our people down and have them wearing masks and doing social distancing and all this rubbish that they're doing has abdicated their right to govern. They're carrying out a massive fraud and they all need to be removed from office and replaced by people of integrity and perhaps we can form an actual United Nations of actual people that actually give a damn because we don't have that. And it's time the people of the world to woke up to how we are being played. All of our governments are playing each other off against each other in order to distract us from what they're doing. And they're all working together. I mean, I don't even look at the world as nations anymore. I see it as an international, multinational, multi-generational criminal cabal masquerading as a system of international governments and nations who play all their people off against each other to get their own agenda on the table. And that's exactly what they're doing. And all the, the only hope for the Palestinians is if the people of the world wake up to the fact that we are all people, we are all here together. These are our brothers and sisters, and we don't need war. War is created by government, by design, and whenever they have a war, they never bomb the government buildings. They just bomb all the people. It's a joke, and it's a scam, and the people of the world have got to wake up, and we've got to reclaim our world from the parasites masquerading as politicians who are currently controlling it. That's what needs to happen. And that's the only hope for Palestine. And if we do not deal with the moral dilemma that is Palestine, as I've said for so many years, the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. Those were the passionate words from a sound excerpt from an interview with previous The Other Side of the News guest, Max Egan, with Iranian Press TV. While this particular interview clearly did not make it to live broadcast, the interviewer did later state via messaging, the mainstream is less interested in extremes, even if it is the truth, than the agreed narrative. Regardless of your belief and your persuasion, this interview is worth listening to in full. If nothing else, just to gain another viewpoint, to augment your perspective of what is really happening outside the propaganda perpetrated by mainstream social media. I very much look forward to hearing our guest's perspective regarding this essential awakening process, all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofmidnight.com. Click on the other side of the news in the drop-down menu, or kindly scroll down to tonight's white, the other side of the news show banner. There you will see details for this show, quick links to our bios, as well as links to our show items, references, and selected research. As usual, there's a huge collection of information to read, watch, and listen to, most of which has been handpicked from independent sources. I urge you to study them and even download your own copies sooner than later, as the censorship robots are working around the clock to rewrite our history in real time. During our Earth's last seven rotations, we have once more been inundated by a deluge of remarkable events and headlines reported in the news, discuss, validate, and present each topic in correct context, could all too easily fill up the entire show by itself. As the other side of the news is not per se a typical news show, and in order to make best use of our available time, I believe we should plot a direct course to greet the rest of our team and to introduce our special guest, Lewis Hans. Good evening, Kintia. Good evening, Anessa. Ladies, have you checked the color code printed on the back of your toothpaste tube? Is there any taste, <laughs> trace of fluoride? or even perhaps deuterium. 
Well, you know, I use a chloride free and I happen to know Kinthea does also. Uh, got that one figured out at least, but weren't so clear on the deuterium, which we're going to find out about tonight. Um, very much looking forward to that. I've had an interesting week. Um, this week has been, the torrent is getting really, really hard to control. In other words, it's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant that's been let loose. Uh, the amount of news, the amount of things that are happening, many of them, by the way, I feel extraordinarily positive about. So that's just great. Uh, and then some of them are just downright depressing. So I had a hard week physically this week. I didn't get to, to uh, categorize everything that I had wanted to. So I'm a little bit off the cuff right now. And by the way, I apologize to uh, the people that had signed up for the Telegram channel, um, Patrick Henry, which is actually me in disguise as Patrick Henry. Uh, I accidentally deleted all of you subscribers and the whole channel and everything on it. In, um, and, I, and I have reset that this morning and started up again. So if you want to go there, I have that information in my bio and also in my show items. Uh, how to find it, but it is the Patrick Henry channel on Telegram. So that's where I keep uh, basically an archive of all the things that I'm reading and interested in and find. So if you want to do that, um, it's free for everyone and it's all hand-picked information. So anyway, uh, I am actually a big time, I call it a conspiracy analyst, not a theorist, because I'm actually looking at the facts, unlike all the people that accuse you of being a getting fed from the media and not actually checking anything out. And so I'm finding that a lot of my conspiracy analyst thoughts and research are turning into conspiracy facts. And some of that's fortunate and some of it's unfortunate. One of those things that I've talked about a lot is the death rate if there's absolutely no medical intervention in the uh, COVID uh, situation, let's just for, for a moment presume there's actually something there. Okay, well, it's a 99.997% survival rate if there's no medical intervention for people up to 50 years old. I say that because I want you to hear this number for, for children that are 14 to 18 years old. It's 99 point nine 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 seven okay so that is uh point zero 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 of one i'm sorry point zero 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 three of one percent that have an issue if they should get the uh the dreaded covid okay so and we also know that those people have comorbidities and things like that oh by the way the CDC did come out and admit that there are uh, under 9,000 actual COVID deaths. They put that up on the website this week. So you should go take a look. Um, but anyway, that's, that number there is for people that are 14 to 18 years old. Now, I bring this up because, as many of you know, they started vaccinating uh, children. These are children. They're minors. They don't have the right to vote. They oftentimes, in most states, don't have the right to drive. They don't have the right to buy beer. Uh, you know, they don't have the right to get married. Uh, there's many things that we feel as a society that they need to come of age in order before they make those decisions. But somehow it's been decided that they should be able to make those decisions and many times without parental consent. Uh, in Canada, they have done this. And here in the United States, they're also doing a lot of coercion and stuff with, with kids. 
And there's a lot of parents that are, of course, um, blindsided. They don't see that this thing is much less dangerous than the vaccines. And I'm using that term liberally. I call it the lethal injection. The thing is, is that if we look at this from a purely mathematical point of view, the numbers just don't add up because we've got a, and we actually have an epidemic, a pandemic of vaccine, uh, you know, fatalities and also just debilitating things. I mean, the number of people that are blind, that are, uh, that are becoming blind, uh, deaf, paralyzed. And these people are disabled for the rest of their lives just from taking the vaccine. But the amount of, of things that are happening in the bloodstream, we talked about that last week with the spike proteins and the, uh, the effect on the uh, epithelium cells. Those are the ones that line all of your vascular system. That is exactly what it attacks. That's why you're seeing people with this bloody, looks like blood clots all over their skin. They've got blood clots in their bodies. They've got thrombosis. They have all kinds of issues. And they're having uh, heart attacks and strokes massively. So this is all going on. And right now, uh, actually as of last week, uh, it's higher now, but I wanted to say as of last week, last Friday, because that's the day they update the, the VAERS report. Inside that, um, we had a number that was actually equal to the previous 20 years worth of vaccine deaths. That was for the first four months of the year. So if you do the math, you look at that, and it's 60 years worth of vaccine deaths. We don't have that much record, but I'm just saying if you extended it out, that's what it would be up to. Also, it's 65% more likely to die uh, with the jab if you do contract uh, the dreaded COVID, okay? And most of the, the uh, wards that are, quote, COVID wards, are now 100% full of people that have received the jab. So this is all stuff, just lots of data to tell you this isn't, this isn't working out. Meanwhile, you know, they're offering lotteries in Maryland and Ohio and I, probably a lot of other places. Those are the two I'm aware of right now. Uh, and they're offering, you know, free donuts and free french fries and all of this stuff to what? Uh, you know, kill yourself. This is voluntary euthanasia. And not necessarily a very pleasant way to go, by the way. I mean, I've heard, I've, I've read and heard stories that these are nightmare ways to go. So I just wanted to, you know, say what, what, what are we thinking? And if you can talk to anybody and just like present that one little thing, it's like, look at the numbers of the risk you're taking versus the potential reward. Uh, the other thing is, is that a vaccine, which this doesn't qualify in any way, shape or form by definite, their own definition, but the, how they got the emergency, you know, uh, I don't know, the emergency waiver, I guess it is. Uh, you know, they have to prove that there's A, there is a, a real threat, which they've never proved. It's never shown up in any lab anywhere on the planet uh, that this, quote, virus even exists. The other thing is, is that they have to not have any other uh, ways to treat it. Now, we know that we have three extremely successful ways with 100%. Um, effectiveness as long as it's caught early enough and they also can be used prophylactically to prevent ever catching it. Uh, so this certainly doesn't qualify uh, for that. And then the final, the idea that it totally doesn't qualify for the emergency use is that the cure cannot be worse than the problem. And as I'm saying in the numbers here, it's insane. It's 
so much worse. It's crazy worse. And, uh, you know, every, every week I have this horrible thing to say, but I keep saying it in hopes that people will talk to someone and someone's life will be saved. I want to read one little thing. Um, it's from a woman who, this is on Facebook. The name has been blanked out. She says, I believe in educated consent and medical freedom. This is what you don't know, and they will never tell you. It's what they want. Is this what you want for your kids? This is from a middle school teacher recently. I crossed out her name for privacy. The middle school teacher writes, I have to share today was a very hard day at school. I am a teacher, and last Friday, many of my students in the middle school got their first needle. Today, Monday, just a few days later, lots of kids are reporting fevers of 104, headaches, nosebleeds. Three children fainted and had to be taken out in stretchers. Some girls started bleeding. My daughter was freaked out. She is an eighth grader and witnessed these things and saw two students bleeding from their eyes. This is what we're doing to our children. These are the guinea pigs. And I have said it many times that the mRNA and the other one is not any better because it also affects your DNA. The reason that they haven't done animal studies and they've never, you know, we've never had a complete study is because all the animal participants die. So this is really um, serious. In the meantime, by the way, there is some liability. OSHA, uh, that's the um, basically the the regulatory thing that says whether things are safe or not in employee situations. OSHA has, if a employer mandates a vaccine, a vaccine that they are responsible for anything, like basically it's workers' comp, which isn't great, but it's something. In other words, you're, you're going to be held responsible if there's any ill effects from this vaccine if you're requiring it. The other thing is is that there is, and we I'll probably cover this more next week, but, you know, the idea of the, the transmission, which some people are erroneously calling shedding, that's impossible since there's no vaccine in it. But the shedding thing is really a big issue. As most of you know, I suffered from it myself. And it's, uh, it's getting a huge amount. There's, a, there's an enormous amount of people that are suffering. I'm seeing everything from horrible rashes to blood clots to migraines, all kinds of things from this. And then there's the idea that we talked about briefly last week. We're starting to see videos now of more than people just with magnets on their side. But they uh, also have very high levels of EMF. And there is a video that I will put up. Um, I just am remembering it now. But there's a gentleman. He walks up, and all the Bluetooth devices try to pair with him. And when the TV shows it's trying to pair, it says AstraZeneca and then a code name. So... I also have a video of a gentleman who found in the, on the uh, dark web the listing of all of these things, these people that have taken it, and they all have a, a microchip number, and it's actually tracking these people where they are, and it's showing whether they're sleeping or having sex or whatever they're doing. These people are being tracked. This is no joke. So these are, these are things that are starting to show up. So take all that into consideration as you look at this. I have a lot more, but I'm out of time. So. With that, I'll turn it over to patiently waiting, Kinthea. Well, dear one, I think you should just go for the last three minutes before the break. Or... Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of cut it short there, but I did want to talk about a little bit about inflation. Uh, we're having massive inflation, and the funny thing is, is that, I mean, 
like Timothy said, how dumb do they think we really are? We have 25% of the American currency ever in this world has been produced or created out of thin air since January 20th of this year. 25% of the whole nation's wealth from the time of its inception is now uh, has been printed in under five months. So the, the, you know, when we talk about inflation, I want to be very clear that it is a matter of, it is, it is, there's no such thing as inflation. It's called devaluation of the dollar. The dollar devaluates because the feds produce it out of thin air and it makes all your dollars a lot less worth a lot less, which is why you're seeing everything skyrocket. And they say, I so I heard this report uh, from the fed uh, controller today saying, well, you know, it's just temporary. Since when is, is inflation ever been temporary? When the prices go up, since when do they just drop right back down and the dollar gains all kinds of value? That doesn't happen like that. So, you know, we got a lot going on. There's a lot more, but we have a really wonderful guest that we're going to talk about a pretty interesting topic tonight that I didn't know a lot about and I think a lot of people don't know a lot about. So we're looking forward to um, – interviewing Lewis and he has he actually he released a documentary then it came out this morning so this is a brand new documentary that he created on this topic so we'll welcome him back right after the break hi this is dr. Andrew Kaufman natural healing consultant welcome to the other side of the news where they're open to hearing the truth and take it seriously. The first thing you got to look at is the methods, like nothing else matters because that's where they describe the experiment. So then you can decide if what you can conclude from the experiment, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And that, that's really, really important because, you know, they make false claims and people don't understand how to use statistics and all these things could be misleading. What I notice that they do now is they put the method section at the very end. And in some papers, it's in a separate document that's like an addendum. So in other words, they just present the, the results and conclusions and an introduction section, and nobody looks at the methods. But that's the most important thing, because if you don't know that, you don't actually know what they did. Because, you know, there's a lot of art to experimental design and uh, you know some people can be very clever about it some can be very elegant about it but there's also like a many ways that things could be fudged and there's books on this right like one of Bill Gates favorite books how to lie with statistics then you know you have the John Ioannidis article which is one of the most highly cited papers where he says more than half of all published research is false Right. So, mm. but, but how many scientists, when they go to read a paper, say there's a 50% chance that this article is false. So I better read it really carefully. Right. They don't do that. But all this clinical research, it's really just, it's really marketing. It, that, that's what it is. It's not actual research. With this the vaccine trials, you know, it, it's just, they basically designed it exactly perfectly to show what they could say you know that bogus 95 percent effectiveness uh that's the the relative risk 
reduction of having a test and it's not even the overall risk reduction would be like 0.4%, but they describe it that way. It's a statistical trick where they could say 95%. And they also defined the outcome and then they had to wait seven days after the vaccine, but all the people who got sick within that seven days didn't count. You know, all kinds of uh, tricks. They're, they're, they're experts at this. They know, <laughs> yeah. they know what they're doing, and, and it's really hard to even figure out what they're doing. And welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Lewis Herms, and the show is called Watching the Water. Co-hosting are Annette Driscoll and Timothy Saunders, and myself, Kinthea. So we're really delighted to have Lewis with us tonight. For the past four decades, he's been tracking what's going on behind the scenes and uh, considers himself very much awake, although during 911, he was seduced by the mass propaganda, but then woke up. He has discovered the operations, government operations, were using Google to cover up HARP program with a massive government-assisted mortgage campaign. Lewis has a vast experience in the last few years within the Patriot community, uncovering the Cabal campaign. As of late, his focus and pride has been on the film named Watch the Water, Trump, Q, and Deuterium. This film may be one of the greatest disclosure videos ever made and without hyperbole, hyperbole, (laughs) I'm sorry, and without hyperbole may shock the world. Lewis prides himself on being the reasoned person in the middle. He's been often called the 4D bridge. That's because he helps people from the 3D to the 5D by simplifying messages. And he's definitely an influencer and our honored guest tonight. I, I, I confess I only heard the word deuterium a couple weeks ago. I didn't even know what that was. So welcome, Lewis. Welcome to the other side of the news. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. I, I loved your uh, news. I resonate with a lot about what you did. I can probably do an eight-hour show just on some of the topics that I've already explored that you were talking about. Super. Well, you know, we're all curious, at least I am for sure, and I think our audience, how on earth did you even get pulled into this? I mean, you started out and well, how did you start out, what your direction was, and what was it that was the wake-up call? What was it that, you know, motivated you, inspired you to start going down this rabbit hole? Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question, um, and it actually started. I would say the the big hit when I was uh, 19. I got in a serious car accident, and I was going through some physical therapy with an actual <clears throat> pretty established chiropractor in Southern California, and um, he decided to teach me about pharmaceuticals. Because I was I was never into them anyways. I always was pretty clean. Uh huh. Oh, you just dropped out, Lewis. Lewis? Oh, maybe it's my mic.
Okay. Not hearing. Lewis, we can't hear you. Please leave your message for eight zero five three zero zero seven six nine five. Well, folks, while we're waiting for him to come back, I appreciate your patience. Um, he's... Uh, we dropped. Can you hear me on the microphone? Okay. So the last thing we heard from you, Lewis, was that you had been your uh, therapist, your physical therapist, decided to teach you about pharmaceuticals. Okay. So you can hear me? Yes. Fantastic. Great, great. Yes, yeah, so the physical therapist, I'm, well, I was actually a chiropractor, but I was there for physical therapy. Um, and it was, I felt I was really in a special place because he was willing to give me some knowledge that blew me away, and it made a lot of sense. So all, almost everything, actually absolutely every cure we have is in nature. Uh, so what happens is the pharmaceutical companies, big pharma, takes whatever they can find in nature that works and they try to duplicate it through a synthetic process because if they can create a synthetic string, therefore they can patent it. If they can patent it, well, that's where they make their money. The challenge is anytime you put anything synthetic in your body, what does it do? It acts as a poison. We reject it. That's why for every medicine, there's a side effect. And, of course, when they have the side effect, what do they do? They give us another medicine. This is a big game that the cabal is playing for years and years and years. So I learned that when I was 19, and it really was an awakening for me, literally, where I just started to study and study and study. And then later, a few years later, I started to learn about HARP, which most people know now is H-A-A-R-P, which would be known as the manipulation weather mechanisms and machines. What was interesting is <clears throat> Google was, I would say, in its infancy at that time, but HARP, as we know it, H-A-A-R-P, got a lot of play, and we started to see a lot of people talking about that on Google, and we can find searches really easy, really took up the first few pages. Well, right when we're getting excited that we're learning this information, a program came out called H-A-R-P which was a government-assisted loan program, immediately it dropped the weather harp down 10, 11 pages, immediately. And right there, I understood that that was manipulation. And that was my, I would call my personal great awakening because I really started to pay attention after that. Then come down the road, I was learning. Um, I was really into coast-to-coast radio, so I would would get a lot out of that. Actually, I believe uh, Richard Hoagland is the owner or, or runs part of your program here, and I was listening to a lot that he has to do. So it was very interesting, and then I got to 9-11, <clears throat> and I was actually watching 9-11 right when the plane hit the tower, the second one. I knew, obviously, it was an attack, but at the same time, I said, I said, well, it's going to be fine. It, you know, it is what it is. They'll clean up, and then when the building fell – I said, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. That looks like a demo, demolition. It does not look 
as if the plane took down. It just so no back then you sense. got that. What's that? I said you understood that back then before you oh, reports were Well, the out. other thing is also is I knew that that the Empire State Building was hit, I believe, when they were building it, and they intentionally built the twin towers with extra extra metal in order to prevent this from happening. But the big deal for me is on 9-11, when I watched Tower Number 7 fall, immediately I said that's controlled demolition. I've seen controlled demolition before. It was very clear what that was. But here's the irony. And this is what really – this shows us how we can all be MK Ultra, in my opinion. <clears throat> Within days, when they called out Osama bin Laden and then that was our, that was our next target, I got extremely patriotic, always looking at the flag. I lost everything in my mind that told me that was controlled demolition. That's how strong those messages were then, because I was awake, and then I went to sleep for years, mm. literally years after that. Until Probably too painful to consider the truth. It may have been, you know, and I haven't reflected on myself from there. I, I just was blown away when I look back at it because that day I was screaming at the tele television that's a controlled demo on seven but <laughs> within days I was I was completely asleep and completely buying the narrative and fell into the narrative. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting how strong the media play is what what they can do. It's it's you know it's ingenious but sick. Well, especially when you consider that from the time we're children, we're programmed to think that what's on TV is the truth, that that the news is real. And, you know, you just take it in without even filtering it. Yeah, we are programmed that way. Um, I, at the time, would hope that I had, I was better than that, but um, clearly they got me. <laughs> so I, I have to own it. It is what it is, but then I, a few years later, I woke up again. So here you are now, and I'm just like the word deuterium. I mean, what got you on this trail, and what is it? Well, that's a great question, and it was a fluke, to be honest with you, but I call it divine. So um, about a month and a half ago, I was on a trip with uh, he's a phenomenal uh, film producer. His name's Nick Alvera. He has goodlion.tv. Uh, he's got about 30 disclosure films out, and he's phenomenal. Good friend of mine, and we decided to go on an RV trip and interview some pretty exceptional people. Um, and w- we got hooked up through some friends of ours. But So we went to go talk to uh, Michael Jaco, if you're familiar with him. He's a friend of mine, Navy SEAL, uh, ex-CIA guy. We had uh, Rob Potter, Robert Potter, which you're probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. Spent some time with him. He was awesome. Um, and a few other people. But we also visited a gentleman named Dr. Jerry Rivera. And he is the, uh, the creator, the inventor of the Russia technology, which is out-of-this-world technology, about the closest thing to... Tesla technology that can actually heal you through sounds and triple binaural beats. And it's very interesting. Lewis, so, how, how do you spell that? Uh, Rasha, R-A-S-H-A. 
H A Russia. Okay, thank you. Um, he, you really should check him out. He's a, he's in just a phenomenal gentleman. So during the setup, I was talking to his assistant Maddie. Um, and I was just amazed at the information that she was pouring out, and she mentioned something that this water didn't have, or it was depleted deuterium water. I've never heard deuterium at the time. And I mm. said, depleted deuterium water, what in the heck is that? And she kind of gave me a, a short synopsis of it, piqued my imagination. So during the interview, I was the interviewer. I was talking to uh, Dr. Jerry about his um, – I won't call it a near-death experience, his actual death experience and his downloads that he had and the technology. and Just a brilliant, brilliant guy. I was talking to him, and then I said, uh, so why don't you tell me about deuterium? And I think he was uh, taken aback a little bit, but he lit me up when it came to information. And I was blown away. So if we can go through, a, I guess, a history lesson that – what happened is as soon as I learned about it, and I only had about 10 minutes with him on that subject, I decided to start doing some studying. And I studied some Russian studies and a, and a whole bunch of uh, back in history. And I found out that deuterium wasn't even discovered until I believe it was 1929. And then in 1931, it, the gentleman that discovered it actually won a uh, – Nobel Prize in, I believe it was chemistry. So what deuterium is, is they found out deuterium is an isotope that attaches to the hydrogen molecule. And why that's important is because it's the difference between the water that we think is regular water and it being what's called semi-heavy water. Mm. So Dr. Jerry said instead of H2O, we probably should be called HDO instead of H2O. Now, I found it interesting, so I dug and I dug and I dug, and um, it's interesting because if you go back in history, shortly after they found deuterium, they found that deuterium is what's by in a whole is called heavy water, not semi-heavy water like we drink, but heavy water. And here's why that's important, because guess what they make atomic bombs out of? Deuterium. Why so, that's – go ahead. So are you saying, I mean, I was going to ask if it's a naturally occurring thing in water, but now you just planted the seed that it's not. Well, exactly. So if if you read the propaganda, and this is what I call propaganda, and I get a lot of pushback on this. If you were to search deuterium, I would say 80% of the time, the first sentence within the first paragraph will, or one of the sentences within the first paragraph will say something to the effect that 13.8 billion years ago, during the Big Bang Theory, deuterium was created and it was the second element created on the elemental chart. So the reason why I say that's propaganda is because, number one, I believe Big Bang is just that, a theory. I personally don't believe in the Big Bang. I think people put way too much weight on the Big Bang, no pun intended. But what's interesting is the fact that they keep going back to – I've learned a long time ago in the, in the Hidden Hand, and this is, this is actually in the film. The Cabal, the Freemasons – I'm sure your audience is very versed on that – 
always has the hidden hand. And what that means is whatever the left hand is doing, it's really the right hand you should be paying attention to. So if most of these websites are right away telling you that it's the Big Bang Theory, it's not the Big Bang Theory that created this. They want your attention to be on the Big Bang Theory, in my opinion, because somehow they figured a way to plant this on planet Earth. That's my belief, but through the study, it seems very, very reasonable when somebody watches this film, they're going to grasp it, and we can you could ask me questions or we can talk about what I found the effects of deuterium to be. And oh, I, I know, and that is jumping at questions. Please, please, please. <laughs> well, first of all, let's finish up this. Like, So I, I think our audience is probably, they haven't seen the film. So let's talk about where you believe it came from, uh, not from the Big Bang. Right. So um, I'm fully transparent. I have no idea where it came from. Mm-hmm. I can tell you. I can tell you, I can, I can speculate. I definitely don't believe it came from the Big Bang Theory. I don't, I, I believe in most of the discoveries that we see are planned discovery releases. So let me backtrack in history, and this may make a lot of sense. So if they claim to discover deuterium in 1929, there were quote marks around the word claim when I say that, and they claimed in 1931 I mean, in 1931, he won the award for it. Remember, they always prop people up. Then right after that, it was the main element in creating an atomic bomb. And they had the atomic bomb figured out within the 30s, right? And into, obviously, we know when the atomic bomb was used were in the early 40s. My point with that is a logical thinker do we really believe that some dude discovered it in 1929 and they, they all of a sudden in 1940, they're able to create an atomic bomb? There's just no logic to that. That doesn't even make sense. No, most so in, my opinion, it's been yeah. a, in my opinion, it's been around a long time, but that's what the release was. Those are the dates that they released it. Um, the deflection is back to the Big Bang Theory, constantly back to the Big Bang Theory. And I theorize myself that if you really, if somebody is looking up deuterium, the first thing that should show up is the history, the real history of the discovery of it in 1929 to 1931. But that doesn't pop up right away because they're trying to deflect you to the Big Bang Theory because it serves a different principle, and that's to say there's no God or source. That's their goal. They're always trying to pull us away from God or source. Um, so they, they don't offer any explanation other than that. There's no history. Like when, they, when you're talking about 1929, they're not talking about how they actually suddenly, oh, my gosh, here it is. They, they, yeah, so, no, that's a good question. So they were looking into um, hydrogen and I believe the protons, and they, found, they said they found an isotope that was attached. What's interesting, because other people already felt that there was something about water that was heavy before, but the gentleman that discovered it really didn't talk about heavy water. But ironically, his mentor, two years later, showed that it's, it's semi-heavy water, and they showed how you could actually make deuterium fall to the bottom of a cup if you, if you freeze it properly. So that, their own message is very wacky which tells me that it's manufactured, to be honest. 
Right. Yes. I actually, I, I should say, uh, I did see a video today about reducing the deuterium and it was, it was on YouTube. I'll post it in my items. I forgot all about that. Uh, how to, how to get this out of there. But anyway, yeah. So, so they have, so they have this and they have this kind of like not very believable story. And then if they did it, well, let's just say, let's, let's, let's give it a what if. So, if it was created, it was planted here by someone. I mean, do we have any historical evidence or anything that looks like that to say that at some point in the recent history we didn't have it based on what we're seeing medically, how it's affected people and stuff? Or, or was it a relatively recent thing? Or does this look like it's been around for a long time on the planet to you? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. <clears throat> um and here's why I prefer to be trans transparent is because I learn more when I don't I don't speculate. And if I do speculate, I'm going to say I'm speculating. So great example about that is it was suddenly discovered only what are we talking about? Ninety years ago. Mm-hmm. Ninety years ago in history, as you know, is not very long at all. So suddenly they discovered this thing called deuterium. So could it have been planted right before that? Maybe, but I don't know how we would have not noticed something like that. So I am speculating and theorizing that it was probably thousands of years prior. Okay, well, because if you look at it, for for example, in the Bible, it talks about people living a really long time. And I'm kind of jumping ahead here uh, because... You know, there's, there's, they had these inordinately long lives. I mean, 800 years, et cetera, big, big long lives. Uh, yep. And we don't have that. I mean, we're kind of like, well, 80 is great, you know, kind of idea. Uh, <laughs> so when did that change? Because it's, it's we, I mean, I am, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm kind of jumping here because no, I great. know that deuterium actually does really reduce uh, longevity. And, and I will come back to that. But, uh, you know, historically, when do we see any any indication? Because we do know, like for example, in the Himalayas, and again, I'm jumping forward about the, how they have a reduced deuterium up there because of the glaciers. So, do we right. see any other indication of that somewhere else on the planet, e, e, you know, earlier in time? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I I have not yet found anything that indicates when it could have been placed on it. Um, historically, though, I'm on the exact same thought process as you. If people were living 600 plus years in the Bible, and suddenly they're dying at 70 to 80 years old, it seems like that would have been the time frame for sure. And yes, in the Himalayas, parts you know, there's parts of Tibet and Siberia that um, naturally they're living over 100 years old with no problem whatsoever. And the reason why is because deuterium actually freezes at approximately 31 degrees Fahrenheit. So therefore, when the water is, is coming down, the top layer is freezing, so it, it depletes the deuterium in the water automatically, naturally, which I think is amazing. So even if it depletes at 30%, they've actually shown studies that with mice, that depleting the water by 30% actually makes mice thrive and grow faster, and increasing the deuterium in water by 30% kills them, which mm. is extraordinary. Yeah, that's not much. 
Nope, it's not much at all. And as we know, if you're drinking water, give, give you an example. So in every liter of water, there's approximately six drops of deuterium. Well, if we were to put six drops of cyanide in our water, we probably wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. So a, a poison's a poison. Now, this is an isotope, so this is a radioactive, but it is stable. But I believe deuterium serves many, many, many purposes. Well, it does, yes. And, and if we weren't so close to break, I'd go right over there. <laughs> yeah, we can do that next. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're, we're getting close. We're, we're only four minutes out. But uh, can we talk a little bit about the um, – the effects on human health, and I don't know if that's too short of time, but <laughs> yeah, no, it, well, deuterium. So, so we, the history really, what we should know is the the global list have an agenda, and their agenda is to keep us as dumbed down as possible, and so we don't recognize what they do and we comply. Well, part of the way of doing that is keeping us sick. And in my opinion, part of the way of doing that is affecting our pineal gland and our pituitary gland, because this and our, of course our right brain. So what happens is deuterium really makes it, excess deuterium makes us sick. Anything above 120, and so we know our most water is about 155. But anything about 120 actually can affect us from literally a psychosis level, uh, even on the the. The, the National Institute Health website, they talk about deuterium helping propagate leukemia. If the, and that's them admitting it because they always have to disclose their BS. That's them admitting it. So you can imagine the other things that it does to our body. It, we don't resonate. We don't sleep very well. I think it is the single biggest tool that the globalists, the cabal, you can call some people call them reptilians. Who knows? It's the biggest tool they have that puts us in a in a in a state that we don't we don't recognize anything and we don't resonate and vibrate at the highest level possible. Imagine having a Ferrari that only goes half the speed. Yeah, that that's that's very evil. I mean, do you? I mean, I always get asked this question, so I'm going to ask it and. Uh, is is do you think that they have techniques where they aren't having to deal with this, this deuterium? In other words, they're not ingesting it and being affected by it. One hundred percent. Okay. I mean, 100%. that's my feeling too. I can already know some ways that I, we can teach our listeners how to get this stuff out of the water. And I, I just found this out today, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> you Maybe know. you'll enlighten me. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah, I'll put the video up, but it has to do with freezing the water, and it was pretty simple. It was just a home home technique, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely put that video up. Uh, one of our listeners sent it to me. I love our listeners. They send me stuff, and I send out that that happens on the Telegram channel, so it's great. Okay, so we're about 60 uh, seconds out right now, and we're talking with our guest tonight, Lewis Harams, and our title of our show this evening is Watch the Water. And we've got all kinds of great stuff coming up after the break. I've got lots more questions. And uh, so we'll be back shortly. And I'm speaking for myself, Anetta, and Timothy Saunders, and Kinthea. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. Just remember the virus that they say that is making everybody sick. Nowhere in the world, not one country, not one institution, not the CDC, nobody has this virus that's making us sick on file. It does not exist. All the Freedom of Information Acts are empty over and over again. The virus nowhere exists. So if that is correct, and that's what they're telling us, how in the world can they be testing for it? How in the world can they be making this kind of injection to put in us to save us from this? So we need to start asking the obvious questions because by science and medicine, that makes no sense. I've never heard of that before. Are we able to purchase all those and this was supposed to be a novel infection. You start looking at the big picture, you start looking at everything, you'll find this is actually a planned pandemic. This is not actually what they're telling us in the media. So then you have to ask the bigger question, why? So we have to look closely into this and what's very concerning is that none of the manufacturers or our government will allow any of us to analyze the vials. It's illegal for us to analyze them. They won't let us look in there. Well, why? If there's nothing to hide, why can't we see what's inside these vials? Because right now we have no proof that this virus even exists. What made people sick around the world, in my opinion, is many different things. And they used a testing mechanism that was faulty and that could cross-react with anything. It could literally cross-react with bacteria, with other foods, with other colds, false positives. So that's meaningless. So there's no proof of this supposed, you know, bad, weird virus affecting everybody. This is Dr. Carrie Made on the other side of the news, and I'm excited to be here because we have freedom of speech and no censorship. (laughs) 
welcome back. My name is Timothy Saunders. I'm co-hosting with Kintia and Anessa Driscoll. And tonight our show, we have a special guest, Lewis Herms. So, Lewis, I have many questions, as I'm sure we all do. One of the points I just wanted to highlight, going back uh, a few weeks, we had Joseph P. Farrell join us as a guest on, on our show. And he's written a series of fascinating books, actually. And one, uh, he was looking into the possibility that, in fact, the uh, nuclear technology was developed uh, far before the end of the Second World War. And this was one of these sort of classified technologies within the uh, Nazi group, which ultimately was given, I say given very loosely to uh, the Americans through a paperclip. Um, But that was one of the technologies, one of the perhaps lower frequency technologies that was given away on the grounds that the the ones that did survive uh, and went on to South America, I say those, the members from the Nazi party that went on to South America actually continued with other higher frequency technologies potentially. And there's an absolutely fascinating book. I wouldn't go into it all because I think it's something which you know, is definitely worth uh, uh, reading ourselves. But along that journey, you know, one of the, the points was in Norway, the Germans were creating heavy water, the same thing, deuterium, uh, in hydroelectric dams. And I believe also in South America, hydroelectric dams were created as to create deuterium. It, it does cost a lot of energy. And what exactly they were going to do with that is, is very interesting uh, also to pursue. So I think that you know, there may well be a natural source of deuterium, but obviously it is also something which can be created or refined potentially. Um, and if it has for sure been in the hands of the Nazi party, then it does may ask a few extra questions about what one can actually do with this, this, this isotope. Do you, do you yeah. think that, uh, I mean, do, do you, are you literally saying that certain uh, groups around the world are, feeding it to the public to rein them in? Is that, is that what you're saying, Lewis? Uh, well, I think that's a, a part of it. So I, I can actually tie this together maybe with a bow based on what you were just saying because it actually makes a lot of sense. So let's go with the theory that the nuclear technology was created well before World War II. Well, it would, it would make sense. Definitely, because then what they would do is they have to explain how they do it. So if they, in 1931, they give a gentleman a Nobel Prize in chemistry for the discovery of deuterium, and deuterium is what they use in atom bombs, well, therefore, in my heart, I said it was absolutely created well before that, but they have to always have an excuse so it's a sudden discovery, and therefore they created it. So, yeah, I would completely go with that. And I believe it's the Fourth Reich that has been ruling the world for a while, and the Third Reich just transitioned to the Fourth Reich, and it would go right with what we're saying. They all went to Argentina and then Operation Paperclip, 
so on and so forth. I actually believe World War III was conducted already, and that was through the Ronald Reagan era, and that was more of a financial war, and I believe now we're in World War IV, which is a spiritual war. So it goes right in line to what you were, what you said. I'm going to read that book, by the way. Thank you. What you said he, he was talking about, I do believe that this was 100% created before. But, yes, I also do believe it to dumb down society. Because we, when we resonate at, resonate at a high level and we get it and we're cognizant of what's going on, they don't get away with this BS. So absolutely to dumb us down. You know, people call it calcification of the pineal gland, whatever they want to name it. All I know is what they do works. And we're snapping out of it, though, thanks to people like you and this wonderful show you have. Well, thank you very much. I mean, all, all we try and do is to, you know, share the results of our research with as many people as we can in order to bring awareness. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're joining dots and, and we're, you know, a, a mouthpiece for the, the great research that other people are doing. Um, but, but sure, I mean, in, in this time, it, it's necessary to... I share share the truth. I mean, what we consider to be the truth. It's amazing how many people are still fast asleep on their feet, on their hooves even. But, uh, you know, there are huge cracks propagating in, in this sham. Um, and, and also, let's just digress very slightly. I mean, you mentioned the Nobel Prize for the, the person who discovered deuterium. I mean, it, it's also pretty interesting just to remind everyone about how Kerry Mullis, the the creator or the inventor of the PCR, some people call it a test, it's a PCR, uh, which was the vehicle, frankly, um, which enabled the COVID-19 scam to actually even exist because, you know, everyone talks about the numbers. The numbers are not deaths, they're cases. They're cases recorded according to a PCR, which is basically just a, you know, a, a sequentially amplified um, sample uh, to say, yes, there is some stuff in here which exists. But as, as uh, Dr. Carrie Made pointed out in, in, the, uh, in the break, that nowhere on the planet exists an extracted um, viral sample of COVID-19. So all we do is literally have a sham of cases, case numbers and statistics. So just to, to put the bow on that point there, but Kerry Mullis, who unfortunately died in the summer of 2019. Coincidence, right? Coincidence. He was also given a Nobel Prize. He was also put on a pedestal and say, right. hey, there you go. So the, I'm not saying that that makes it a fact, but the point is it does seem like a very similar um, treatment, shall we say. A cycle of, of treatment for for people uh, they're sort of made to look important the uh, whatever they discover if it's useful it is extracted it, it's taken over and then used to further the cause well it's interesting you brought up Mollus because um, your listeners might know this but <clears throat> he's the the uh, PCR test was never supposed to be used the way it's used you're never supposed to go over a certain amount of magnifications, number one. 
I think we were up to four times more in magnifications that was recommended by him. Now, he, there's a misnomer out there that he stated that it wasn't supposed to be used for COVID-19. He didn't know about COVID-19 at the time, but he did say it wasn't supposed to be used in this fashion. Absolutely. So, of, of course, you know, he would be the first one to come out about it. And it's absolutely just a coincidence while I'm winking that he died before this whole deal happened. Indeed, indeed. And, and it's not, and perhaps he did not know about COVID-19 at the time, but regrettably what we have seen is there's a paper trail going back to at least the beginning of 2018. When uh, possibly 17, actually. Yep. 17, excuse me. Yeah, I was going to say at least 18, but 17 for sure, yes. Uh, where there were literally millions of test kits ordered, which had the labeled COVID-19 on the box. So somebody obviously knew about it a couple of years before. Uh, it, it's, it's, the thing is, is so transparent now. I, it just, it just, you know, it just amazes me how, how people can even believe it still has any, any momentum. And, you know, the fact that you can have extra fries or a hamburger if you have your, your, your injection. Crazy. It, it, it's it, I have no words. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, first, let let let's be let's be clear about something. Great. People like to bring up the Moderna vaccine. Well, Moderna it stands for modified M O D R N A. That's they named it. They literally named their company after modif- modifying R N A, which would be M R N A. Now, why that's interesting to me is if people check back, Moderna has yet to ever have an FDA-approved medicine. And we know, we already know the fake vaccine is not an FDA-approved medicine. Absolutely it's, not. It's, it's experimental. But Moderna, who is known for their research on mRNA, mod RNA, never had it, even it, they've never had it. So... It, that right there should be a red flag. The challenge is, and you said something that is also a concern for me, but I have, a, I have a theory. You said you don't understand why people just aren't getting it. Well, I'm with you, but we always have to remember we try to get the word out as much as possible, but just like if the sheep are in an echo chamber, in some way we are in an echo chamber also. Because we we surround ourselves constantly where we're getting more information. Unfortunately, the people that we need to draw in are not even close to being in a position to listen to what we have to say. And that's why I really try to try to simplify messages to bring people from the 3D to the 5D, let's just call it. That's what somebody said. I don't like to label things, but I do really believe it's important that we simplify messages so we grasp people in little small sand, sound bites. So let me just give you an, uh, an example in reference to uh, COVID. I created a video called the Big COVID Lie. Now, why that's important is one of the sound bites in there, which is a fact, it's anybody under the age of 40 is more likely to die or six times more likely to die from choking on a meal than from COVID. By the way, that was based on CDC 
statistics which we know are bull. Mm. So you're, you're two times, I believe, it's two times more likely to die from hiking on the side of a mountain, like normal hiking, than from – and the list goes on and on and on and on. So what I try to do is I try to use little bites of information like that, and I find it to be really powerful because all you need people to do is one time to say, what was that? As soon as they ask a question, then I start asking them questions. So what do you think that means? And then you got you to open that door. And it's, it's tough, but that's my goal right now is to try to crack that door open as much as possible because I was just telling people – I have a decent telegram following. I was telling them yesterday because everybody is getting frustrated. I said, our job right now is not to wake up the lions. Our job is to wake up the sheep. So I'm very upset that this is happening to everybody. Yes. And I don't think some people deserve it and some people don't deserve it. I do believe that we have to be there for those that are asleep. And that's a tough road to haul, as you know, Timothy. Indeed. Lewis, let's, let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second. Let's say that if this deuterium, because I don't, I don't want to drift too far away from this, because this is a big, a big point. If the deuterium was not in our water system or in our foods, I, I don't know. I mean, you've obviously investigated. I, I unfortunately have not seen your latest movie released yet because it, uh, the time zones and so on, I haven't had a chance. It's early morning. good. I'm, I'm just... sure it is. <laughs> Sure it is. I'm looking forward to watching it for sure. I appreciate that. But um, you know, let's just say that if deuterium was removed, how far or where do you think humanity would be right now? I mean, that, that's just say speak hypothetically. Wow, that is an exceptional question. I, I love I love to theorize on this. Okay, so first we have to imagine what what we wouldn't have if the deuterium was even just brought down to say 120 parts per million and it's 155 right now. So if you just bring it down that percentage and they've already showed this in, in lab mice. So assuming that's the fact, I believe the basis for most of our diseases are almost eliminated. Yes. They try to attack us with uh, <clears throat> 5d. They try to attack with, with fluoride and chemicals and chemtrails and everything else. Absolutely. I believe this is the single most potent force against mankind right now. And it starts at the beginning. So this is their basis for everything they do. So imagine that we were down to 120 parts per million and our intuitive nature was so natural, so powerful, so epic. We would never even come close to a situation like this because they couldn't pull the wool over our eyes. The mat, um, immediately, we would recognize there's a problem. What they're saying is a lie. That's a, that's, a, that's a cabal move or that's a satanic move or look at the manipulation they're doing. It would smack us in the face. Well, the fact that we're already dumbed down to the level we are and we think we're not just shows you the sky's the limit. And Dr. Jerry, I believe, thinks we, we're only working at about 50% of our capacity. I, I believe it could be less. Mm-hmm. So I think it's extraordinary what we could do. Now, part of that is because I'm, I'm also a remote viewer, so I've kind of seen things that I never thought could be true. So if that could happen, I'm like, wow, anything can happen. 
I, I think that we're designed, created, evolved, whatever um, term you want to give it. I, I think we're certainly destined for a, a lot more potential than we actually put to use for every day. I mean, that, that, that's you know, a no-brainer, actually, for, for most people. But, I mean, we are a highly complex, complex um, you know, whether you want to call avatar for the spirit or if you want to talk, call it a, an evolved mammal or what, whichever level you want to call it, we are highly complex and capable of far more. And I think you, you tend to see that coming out in, in extreme cases. I mean, for example, you know, how many times do we say, uh, I'm just thinking of, you know, a, a really cliche story, but, you know, let's just say that there's a traffic accident and somebody is caught up underneath the vessel, the, the, the vehicle. And, you know, in, in a fit of, of, you know, heroic deed, somebody is somehow able to find the strength to lift the car off the person who is trapped. I mean, suddenly, you know, this super strength comes out. And people say, oh, it's adrenaline. It was, you know, it was a shock or something. Maybe it is. Maybe it is all part of that system. But the point is, you know, if, if you ask somebody, can you lift up a car? They'd probably say no. But in an extreme, you know, extreme cases, I, I know I'm, I'm picking on a really you know, cliche example here, but I think throughout history, you do see people doing extreme things. Um, and, you know, I'm not just talking about the physical level. I'm also talking about the, uh, the connection to perhaps what some people can call uh, universal consciousness, um, the idea of being able to, you know, communicate with people without the use of electronic uh, devices. Yeah, in other words, um, telepathy, telekinesis. I think all of these things, which you know, have been sort of poo-pooed to be conspiracy tinfoil stuff, uh, that, that there is a lot more to us than what is what can be recorded in science. And I think science is this wonderful umbrella which people use to say, oh, well, it, it's, it's science, it's scientific, it, it's, you know, it, it's in the scientific books, it's in the scientific uh, education, and so on. But it is a very, very narrow view of the incredible spectrum of, of our reality. And there are many, many more things, um, much more to ourselves. I mean, for example, you know, the energy that comes out of our heart. The heart is an incredibly powerful um, organ, not just a pump. The, you know, the Carolian photography, the auras, the, you know, it, it just goes on and on and on. This whole long list of things which those in control, presumably the ones who have, you know, administered deuterium, are the ones who are trying to prevent us from knowing and discovering our true abilities. So I, I totally agree, Lewis, yes. And I, I don't want to go too far. Anessa, did, did you have a, a question? Would you like to to come in? Well, Timothy, this is <laughs> Kinthea, and we have a caller on the on the line. Let's take the caller. Okay, sure. I was I was just admiring the view while I was talking, so I didn't see the message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the please, can you bring the caller on, please? Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Oh, good. We can hear you. Go ahead, dear. Okay. Um, uh, somebody, I guess, was the host was talking about, 
his particular mission is to wake up, not just to wake up the lions, but to also wake up the sheep. Uh, my question is this. If you've uh, awakened the lions, what are they doing? If your mission is to awaken the sheep, what do you expect the sheep to do? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a fair question for sure. Well, all of us need to participate. So the first thing we need to realize is we need to take back our own sovereignty. Um, it, it doesn't matter if I am or not a fan of Donald Trump or Mike, Mike Lynn or, or Q. None of that's important. Here's why. Because what's important is that we realize that we hold the power. Constitutional, we hold the power. We've been under a corpocracy, which I can explain on another show, for a long, long time. So what happens is if, you, if the lions are awake, the lion's goal should be trying to wake up the sheep. And if we can wake up the sheep even one at a time, if, imagine if every lion just woke up one sheep and then that sheep woke up some, we'd be done. Why this is so important is because if we take back our sovereignty, we say no. We say, no, I do not understand the man. No, I do not comply. We win automatically. And the fact that we've always counted on somebody else to do our work for us, I really think that's what this awakening is about. Well, let me, if you don't mind, I'd like to interrupt because you've only got a short time left. What you're saying is something which um, most people will say. What I'm asking is this. Let's say I've got 100 friends who are convinced that we have to do something. Strategically, mm-hmm. tactically, what is it that you want us to do? Not just talk about what we need to do. I know what we need to do. We need to take back the sovereignty. We need to make sure that the Constitution is being with yada, yada. But what do we do in order to do that? Well, well, well Joe, it's exactly what the cabal's been doing to us forever, and it's messaging. We need to be the messengers. I'm not suggesting we pick up a gun and and run in and take care of business. I'm suggesting that we need to be the messengers. So we need to not be afraid. I tell people all the time, I said, I said, I don't sell a T-shirt or a hat, but you damn well should put what your belief system is on your shirt, your hat every once in a while, and you'd be shocked that somebody's going to confront you. That's an opportunity to talk to them. So we have to be the messengers in this. People cannot keep their mouth shut. We need to be the example. We need to be the one walking into a store without a mask. Don't be afraid of what other people think. Stop the compliance. It's all about that. Mm. Well, the business owners in New York uh, have uh, gotten together with some of the restaurateurs, and they've been fined something like $5,000, $15,000. Then there's the case of the pastor in Canada who told his um, um the Canadian police to get out, and they didn't. They came back with a SWAT team, and they dragged him out of the um, out of the church. And in Canada again, just recently, they dragged another guy out of the church. So um, you can come, you can say no, but then when the police show up and start uh, pulling you out of your house and your home and your church, then then what? You keep fighting. I'm somebody that was actually at the Capitol. I'm somebody that was confronting police at the Capitol and talking to them. I'm somebody that actually, I believe, with somebody else, helped people from, prevented them from getting killed at the Capitol. 
one of my great friends, which I mentioned earlier on the show, was actually arrested it, arrested for being in the Capitol, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. We need, and he guess what? He got up, he spent 45 days in jail, and he gets right back out, and he goes, he goes to work. We cannot kowtow to this. We are in a war. A soldier would get back up and go again. I really don't put up with any excuse if people say, oh, well, I got fined, or I got a, I got a ticket, or it's hurting my life. I don't give a damn. Get back up and do it again, because we are in war. All right, so that's your advice, then. Absolutely. Do not kowtow to the system. 100% take our sovereignty back. And we can do it. I didn't say it'd be easy. It's going to be damn painful. But we can do it. And we will. Mm. I want okay. to comment here, too. I, I, actually, this is Netta. I want to comment because we have a situation where, yes, we're seeing a lot of that. But in, And what we're not seeing, and certainly not in the mass media, is all the people that are winning against this, uh, you know, totalitarianism that's being uh, imposed upon us. There are many people that are standing up that are videotaping, that are showing. I, I watched a really interesting one today, this guy about getting gas and didn't want to put a mask on. And we're seeing that. And we've also had shows about this, about how we can stand up. There are many people, in fact, our, our, hopefully our guest next week will be talking about exactly this, how you can do this and keep yourself protected, and if they come after you, what you can do. So there are a lot. I actually do put uh, a lot of that on that Telegram channel, Patrick Henry. I post all those kind of videos there because I really think we, we need to learn how it is we can stand up to these bullies, and that's exactly what they are. They're not used to anybody standing up to them, I can assure you. I'm not a big person. I've stood up to a lot of stuff. And they're not used to that. And, and there's a great advantage there. They will come so, after you, yes. Yeah. That'll be so, good. So where, where, is your, where are your great. videos located? I'd like to take a look at them. I want to thank you, Joe, for calling in. We're at the break. Sorry to cut in. Break time. And this is the other side of the news. The show is called Watch the Water. And we shall return. One of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. Where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, they just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. 
and then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boissy Squared, the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news with Timothy, Netta, and Kentia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide. And our show tonight is called Watch the Water. Uh, so I want to talk about that, Watch the Water. I know that in your documentary that we do have up is show item number one in our items page uh, under, under Lewis's items. So please watch that. It's really a great documentary. And uh, in there, we, he goes into a few things about the different clues that we've been given in various ways. Um, with President Trump and also the Q movement. And I'd, I'd like for you to elaborate a little bit on that. Sure, I'd love to. So to give you an idea, if anybody follows Q, and by the way, if, if you have a prejudice for or against Q, put, if you could put it on your shelf for a second, and I'm talking to the listeners, because it's important to realize that there's something called watch the water that Q has talked about. And then I guess the Anons and a lot of people will push this information out and speculate on what that could be. So it became a big, big deal in that forum, we should say. So what I started to look at is they were speculating that the evergreen ship that could have stopped, that was watch the water. Uh, a missile that supposedly came out of a submarine and hit hit another submarine in Hawaii. That was watch the water. And it goes on and on and on. There's so many ideas. Even a Russian KGB agent said something to that effect. And then I really, I thought of it and it, it was interesting. And I have to give some credit to somebody in the chat because they, they it hit them at the same time that we were discussing in the chat that maybe watch the water had something to do with the Q. So I started to study it because I followed Q a little bit, but it was more because I was interested in learning. And I did do believe the message is important. And really that is that you need to ask questions and figure things out and do your research. Ultimately, that's, that's the message. Um, my belief system is Q is a PSYOP. And that does freak a lot of people out, but I actually think Q is a good PSYOP. Because you need a, you, in military operations, you need a PSYOP to keep the bad guys, let's say, on their heels. So it's a great way to do that because people are, if we are always speculating about dates and things happening, you know the enemy's doing the exact same thing. And the more they can fail, the better it is. 
but is also very important is the messaging is figure things out, ask questions, so on and so forth, really take back your own sovereignty. Now, why this is important is because if we remember, there was a time where Trump took a glass of water and used two hands, and then he used a bottle with two hands, and then again and again, and the media went apoplectic over this. The media literally brought it to a point that said he must have some mental disorder and is not fit for office. So it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about Trump. He's a communicator, and he talks through comms. He does signals that are communicating probably to his base or maybe even the Anons, who knows, but it's intentional. I've seen it so many times. So I like to watch things. So I started watching his videos and the images of this, and I said, wow, this is what Watch the Water is because he needed to bring attention to our drinking water, in my opinion. This is one of the biggest disclosures of mankind because if, it, if this is the genesis of what the cabal does to us, this is the first thing that they do to us. This is epic. So this is how I came up with the theory that the watch the water was Trump was actually also communicating the exact same message. And I believe it's for this reason, the deuterium that's in our water. That's a fascinating answer. And I was on mute there. <laughs> I, I just thought you were, you were so fascinated. It went silent. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I don't know how I got on mute, but I did. All right. So, yeah, that that's very interesting because because um, you I remember that and of course they went nuts because well people can now fall up the stairs and forget what they're saying and mumble their speech and they're fine to to run the office <laughs> uh, not really but uh, anyway it's interesting and I remember that that incident or those those two incidents and and yes the, the press went wild and I thought why is he doing that I mean there's you know there's got to be something. Uh, but I'm one of those people that ask a lot of why is, you know, what am I, am I missing something here? Am I noticing something? And I think that's why Q is really interesting. You know, you can't live your life by it. I believe it's totally a psyop, but it's interesting to um, follow the dots or they call them breadcrumbs and, and connect things and see, you know, am I, am I understanding this correctly? Am I getting it? Am I not getting it? Am I going down the wrong path? And it's really very interesting. I mean, to me, uh, like I said, I don't rule my world by it, but it, it's fascinating. I mean, I'm intellectually, I'm engaged with it. So, so it's, it's interesting that you'd say that, and it kind of ties back to something Timothy said. So I have a, a belief that the more questions that we ask, the more it fires our synopsis in our brain and we start to connect pathways. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I believe, so if Q did anything, whatever we want to call it, it got us, got a lot of people to ask questions, even on, even on, even on the other side, the more we ask questions, I believe we resonate higher and we start figuring things out on our own. And that's exactly what the cabal does not want. The last thing they want is for us to ask questions. It's all about compliance. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about the lease. We kind of got off, off um, you know, we had a break and, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and before I forget, 
to our caller, Joe, who's asking about the channel. It's on Telegram, Joe, and the channel is called Patrick Henry, and I do post all kinds of stuff there. So it's a, it's a great resource to find all kinds of, of um, information that I personally thought was worth putting up. So that's for him before I forget to say that. And it's also the, the uh, stuff, the link for it is under my show items, and it's also under my, my bio. So anyway, back to the back to the questions. Um, on the, the the thing with the elites, we talked a little bit about about them not uh, imbibing the same water, having a you know we we know that they have a totally different everything, different monetary thing, different you know uh, there, there's nothing that they do that's the same as what we we do, and they don't view us as even the same species. Um, can you go any into that with a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of insight of how you view that, the differences here? Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm really happy you asked that question because I, we have to look at them a little different. And I think you nailed it when you said they may not even think we're the same species. So if we, we, if we can understand immediately that the, the globalist elite look at us as cattle, the second we realize they and I mean literally, look at us as we're cattle. Oh, yeah, they use some of the same words. 100%. Literally. Yeah. 100%. So if anybody, anybody that hasn't figured this out yet just grasps that one ideal that they look at us as cattle, they're going to understand it is easy for them to rape and pillage everybody because it does not matter and yes i'm a meat eater and i don't have a problem with with not eating meat that means i am part of the people that are willing to kill an animal to eat i'd have to admit that if i'm going to be if i'm going to be honest with myself but i know that therefore they look at us as cattle they don't care if we die if it forwards their agenda there's no remorse there whatsoever. And yeah, they want to consider it psychotic. They want to consider it. I don't think it's a mass psychotic outbreak going on with the elites. I think they actually believe we are lesser than human. Yeah, we're children of a lesser God in their view. And, and the, the bloodlines are a really big thing. And that's a whole other show. And, and the, the pedivore, the pedivorism. I mean, if you look at it as, uh, you know, the way they see us, we're we're nothing. You know, the the children are nothing but veal. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. And uh, so that's a, that's another harsh reality, and that's a, a whole topic that deserves many shows. But you know, certainly not one we can un- unpack at this moment. But you know, that the idea. Yes, I I also use the analogy that we're like ants in a hill. And sometimes they pour gasoline down it and set it on fire or they flood it or they try different things. And how, how, how are they going to react to this? And <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty scary when you, when you realize it. But you also, I think, if you do realize that you, you are in a better stead to stand up and do something about it. The, the, the thing is, is that we have to know where we are in this whole agenda and what part we're playing before we can change uh, how we're reacting to this. I mean, if we just can think, if we think that these people are, if we think a Bill Gates is a benevolent guy who's looking out for our best interest, you're in trouble. 
you know, you're in big trouble. And uh, I, I actually personally have had this conversation with people and many of my friends were, were of the uh, opinion that he was a good guy. They aren't now, but they, <laughs> you know, it's hard to fight back an enemy that you don't think is an enemy. Well, the, and the, what we under, need to understand, that's part of the construct though. That's, that's what they created. Bill Gates and his team put out an immense campaign on his philanthropic work. But you know what the first thing they they said is they said he wants to keep this under cover. He's not interested in anybody knowing how much of a wonderful philanthropist he is. So that's the game. It's 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 always been the game, and it's been the game from. I believe possibly thousands of years, but if you just look at the recent history, at least since 1776, when it looks like the Illuminati was formed, I think it happened, started way before there. You can go into 13 bloodlines, the Pesor family, and we can we can go down that rabbit hole another day. Yeah, that's it. We've got many shows popping up here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think Cynthia would like to come in and ask some questions. Thank at this you. Point. Thank you. So, Lewis, you touched on the uh, the spiritual war, and what I've been observing, you know, as I was growing up, I noticed that the intellectuals were making conversations about God be not cool, in a sense. And like, if you were a scientist, God somehow had disappeared. I don't know. It was really strange. And what I'm observing now is that more and more doctors and scientists are actually openly talking about our spiritual life. And I would like to hear a little more from you what, how you see this spiritual war. I know I have some ideas about it, but I'd, I invite you to share what you see as this spiritual war and what is the implication of who we are and what we do. Jeez, that's a ten-hour show. But let me let me <laughs> let me. That's the kind of show I like. <laughs> right. Let me go into kind of a, a just a synopsis and what my my belief system is because I think what's beautiful about what we're doing right now is a lot of people talk as things are fact, and many of them are. But I think realize what we what we do is we theorize together. And we have to put together what seems like it's likely. So I believe we're absolutely in a, in a spiritual war. And I think this this is what this is all about. Um, I believe we are controlled or have been controlled in this through Freemasonry. Now, we can go down the whole alien road, but that's, that's a whole other level. So let's bring it down to something that most people can relate to. There are Masons, there are Freemasons, there are lower level Masons, and then you hit the higher degrees. A lot of people think it stops at 33. I have some information that I read. It may go up to 80 or, or above. Sorry, my dogs are barking. I apologize for that. Bye. So I believe, I believe that it could go a lot higher than that. But if anybody really studies Freemasonry, it's, it's basis, and you don't need to be religious to know this, but its basis is Satanism. And I'm telling everybody that's listening right now is you don't have to believe there's a Satan, but they certainly do believe there's a Satan. And when you know that, it makes their life easy to determine that we are cattle. 
So what the spiritual war in my belief system is resonance. And here's a theory to kind of try maybe to back this up a little bit. If you've noticed over the last few hundred years, they Africa is has has trouble prospering. I believe this is an intentional thing. For sure. And and I'm going to tell you I'm going to I have to give a visual here. I'm a white man from Southern California. I believe naturally people of darker skin color resonate at a higher level naturally. I don't know if it's the melatonin, I don't know what it is, but it seems natural. Uh, if you look at the rituals and the music and 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 how how they 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 dance and it's just spectacular, it's such a higher level. Which what I believe is they have naturally higher intuition. So it would make sense to me that the reason why countries in 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 Africa and say let's even go to South America, India, places like that are s- such desolate, desert, no water, people starving. It's it's hard to even make a dime, I believe, because the cabal would first attack those that would understand what's going on first. And if you can suppress people that much, they're they're looking for their next meal, which literally could be three days away. The last thing they're going to worry about is what type of propaganda you're putting on mainstream media. Well, you know, Dr. James DeMail wrote a book, Sahareza, in which he explains exactly how the droughts have been controlled with geoengineering. Exactly. He goes down that point and how they, they are using the weather control to shift the consciousness of the populace there. I would also add that I think another reason why those in Africa – maybe more intuitive is that they are not so tied to their TVs as we have been, number one, and they're not tied to these food additives. So all these things are dumbing us down. I think human beings are all naturally intuitive, but how much toxins we're taking in, whether it's uh, ingesting a poison or whether it's ingesting thought toxins through the media Mm-hmm. All those dumb us down, whereas in, in Africa, you know, they're out in the village. They're not watching TV. They're not buying frozen food. They're not using a microwave oven. They're not carrying a cell phone in their pocket. All those things are deleterious to our well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, def- I don't disagree with that at all, um, although I think this has been happening for hundreds of years, oh, way, yeah. way before the progress that, that, that we see. The cabal noticed a long, long time ago that certain people, I believe a certain sector of people may get it faster than others. Um, mm-hmm. So we're both being dumb, dummied down. It's just in a completely different way. One, one is through the media and the toxins, and another is just make the land barren. What are you going to do? You have to scrape for your next, your next meal. That's, all, that's, all, that's what your life is. How sad is that? When we have the technology right now, to bring water and energy throughout the world and training for people to farm for themselves, but there's no money in it for, for them and they don't want people to resonate at a higher level. Therefore they're suppressing this technology 
all the time. And we're going to change that. But I, I'd like to explore a little bit more if this spiritual war, I think, is really predicated on the awareness of who we are. In other words, we're a consciousness that doesn't end with this body sack, mm-hmm. you know, this body bag. This consciousness is an infinite consciousness. And I'm, you know, I'm convinced that the dark forces don't want us to be aware of that because that's where we can hmm, activate our, we can activate our innate power that we have to shift things. We can affect physics and, you know, it's always been said where two or three are gathered in my name, where there's a collective consciousness, um, Lynn Taggart talks about the Princeton experiments and and uh, Art Bell did several experiments with that. So this lockdown and things to separate us from gathering together in groups and these uh, platforms now where we're gathering this show and other platforms where we're getting together. I'm speaking also to Joe here, what can you do? It's to get together, actually physically get together. Dr. Carey talks about that. Dr. Carey Made talked about that in our last show, that this energy, this heart energy, when we gather together physically becomes very powerful. That's why you have all those um, healings that happen in, in uh, spiritual gatherings. Would you say a little bit more about how you view consciousness? Yeah, that's powerful. Um, I absolutely believe there's a collective consciousness. Um, it's it's really been proven through animals. If you're familiar with the hundred the hundred monkey concept, mm-hmm. okay. So if I'll explain to the audience really quick, what a hundred monkeys are is you can be on an island, a monkey's one monkey starts to peel, let's say, a banana backwards or cleans the, the banana or the fruit before he or she eats it. Another one notices and another one notices. And when you get up to the, about 100 monkeys, next thing you know, on another island across the planet, they're doing the exact same thing. So how is that possible if we don't field in play? Exactly. So if we don't have a collective consciousness of something, that couldn't happen. So mm-hmm. abso- absolutely we do. Now. I believe the cabal, the dark forces, as you call it, the, the biggest weapon we have is they need to use what I call spell casting to accomplish their goals because they do not resonate with a collective consciousness like we do. So I'm so glad you brought this up. So the reason why they suppress us con- constantly and use spells and tricks and chemicals, we can go into adrenochrome and all that. The reason why they have to use this stuff is because they cannot accomplish what you and I can naturally. It's impossible for them. Therefore, it's the old story is in order to make yourself look better, you need to pull somebody down to your level because you can't climb the ladder to get there. It's exactly the same. It's the same paradigm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing that comes to mind is Bruce Lipton and uh, Greg Braden, they talk about the the field that, you know, our thoughts really aren't inside our brain. Our brain is the antenna that's tapping into the thoughts that are in the field. So when we collectively are sharing thoughts, whether we're 
in physical presence or like now where we're communing via the airways, those thoughts are charging the field and others are accessing it, whether they're accessing it on a radio show or they're just getting it as a download. How many times you see inventions that come as a download in several locations around the world because these thoughts are in the field. And so when we're holding a resonance of um, beneficent, a benevolent outcome, when we hold a resonance of a benevolent outcome together, it, creates a field where others can tap into that and bring it down, whether they hear this show or they just get it as a dream or a daydream. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, well, the question really is, are our downloads personal? And the reason why, for mm-hmm. me, Good point. the reason, reason why I say that is because Many, many times in a life, I thought I had a brilliant download with an idea of my own, and virtually within the same week, somebody else had the same idea. Right, right. So the, the, it's the good news, bad news thing. The bad news, it was a hit to my ego. <laughs> <laughs> the, good, the good news is that shows you how connected that we really are. Which right, is and, just yes, and how the benevolent force is doing everything it can to keep us connected and to bring about the solution. If one doesn't make it, the other gets through. Absolutely. And in my opinion, God does win. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, guys, we've, we've reached that point. We've, we're at a runway again. Mm-hmm. So get away, Timothy. And thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say before we close here, Lewis? Um, I'd love for everybody to go uh, watch watch the water, Trump Q and Deuterium. I think I think they would love it. Um, working working on a lot lot more coming up. And in, in fact, um, when you talked about vaccine shedding, yes, I'm not sure it should be called that, but we have a whole Telegram channel dedicated to that, and that looks like that may be our next documentary. Thank you. Thank you. Get away, Timothy. Despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, activists, artists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they'll require from you is to unplug from mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, to stop acquiescing, and to stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power, and you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you to choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 58th edition is entitled Watch the Water and remains available to all listeners free of charge at www.theothersideofmidnight.com forward slash T-O-S-N. My name is Timothy Saunders, and together with co-host and producer Kintia, co-host and researcher in Driscoll, offer special thanks to our guest, Lewis Hearns. We wish you all a very positive week. Look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition next Friday. Good night.